it's that time. Time again for the Cowboy Roundtable. I'm your host, Jeff Fry. Today we got Grand Lemaitre down in Denver. We got Doug Friesen in uh, Phoenix, Arizona. And last but not least, Ian McMacken in Denver and the publisher of Go Wild Go. All right. All right. All right, all right, all right, guys. Okay, there you go. There's the uh, studio audience. Gentlemen, how are you doing? Uh, Bran, how are you doing? Very good, Jeff. And uh, Doug? I'm happy as can be. Happy. It's almost bowl season. Almost bowl season, okay. And Ian, the boss, and we'd like to call him the boss. Um, you're here. Uh, how's it going, Ian? It's going pretty well. I'm not sure a good a boss I would be, but I can play boss for a little while. Well, you're the man. You are the publisher of this. Without you, there's nothing. There's nothing here. So, you know, you're the man. So we've got to defer to you, uh, you know, in that capacity. So, um, uh, well, I want to welcome you guys here. Uh, It's a little cool here in uh, Virginia, uh, but I I know I shouldn't complain about it. You guys have had some weather out there uh, in the recent past. Um, uh, You can tell us how warm it is, Doug, though. How is it out there in... uh, Phoenix, Arizona. Well, I did go drive around the lakes and look at the uh, Christmas lights in my golf cart. And then I come back and I look at this uh, uh, post from Central Michigan football. It's 70 below and possibly an possibly an exaggeration outside. So we're indoors preparing for Wyoming in the Idaho Potato Bowl. Well, I tell you what, they ought to get back outside because I think the long-range forecast said 26 for the bowl game Yeah, in Boise. They're Michigan. Yeah, so it, it's going to be cold one out there. Well, you know, they're Michigan boys, so, you know, they ought to be able to handle it. Come on, guys. I mean, you're Michigan. I mean, that's, that's next to Minnesota. That's the frozen north up there, I tell you. And in some cases, probably worse because it's a wetter kind of cold, you know? Kind of a like here in Virginia, it can get 45, uh, 30 degrees, and it, it feels worse than it ever did in Wyoming because uh, we have no we have no moisture back there. So I don't know. All right, guys. Well, I tell you what. Let's uh, let's move on down the line here. We've got uh, got some things to talk about, but here let me uh, let me key this off first. <laughs> Happy trails to you until we meet again. Happy trails to you. Ah, Roy Rogers singing Happy Trails. As we say goodbye to the 2017 football season. Yep, it's Happy Trails with the 2017 football season, guys. And so... We and our August body here are going to discuss that. And um, let me start off with Bran. Bran, uh, 2017 is now in the books. And are you angry? Are you okay? Or is it was this about what you expected at the beginning of the season? 
Um, I was uh, on verge of meltdown at the San Jose State game. Um, I really did not expect the the Pokes to to lose that game. Um, you know, with with everything that you know we had at our disposal, and you know, watching Nick Smith play against Fresno State, you know, we were in that game you know, to the, you know, the final seconds of the game. But, yeah, you know, I just, that really put a damper on my, uh, uh, on the season end there. Well, you and a lot of other people With, on the uh, losing to San Jose State. Yeah, a lot of people on the board were upset about that. You, Doug, uh, end of the season, uh, what are you feeling? Well, I have to agree with Brand. that was just a, punch in the gut felt like a sucker punch and uh you know i i expected the offense to continue to have its struggles i mean they be honest with they've had their struggles all year at various times but they've been able to pull off enough plays here and there with what the defense provides them and uh um you know i just didn't feel the whole unit was really sharp and uh, I think from a Cowboy fan perspective is we've seen too many of those last of the last games of the season um, against a foe that we really thought we should be able to handle and hasn't been done. On the other hand, you know, I'm excited to see the Pokes becoming bowl eligible for the second year in a row and going to bowls, you know, um, um, you know, albeit a little different of a bowl scenario setup than it was many years ago, but it, it's it's a, a, a credit to accomplishing winning games, and and we're in the upper half, and and be that close to getting to another division title is the hint of potentially better things to come and stuff. And so, you know, we've got to ride with the tough times or whatever, but I'd rather be talking about a tough time sitting at seven and five instead of two and 10. <laughs> yeah. Um, I agree with you on that. Uh, I remember those uh, long lean years um, of the, uh, the beginning two thousands up to, uh, up till now. So yeah. And I, and uh you got the last word on this uh, as you're ending the season. Uh, what do you? Uh, what's your? What's your feelings? Well, I try to take a bigger picture perspective on the situation. Uh, the way I look at it is, yes, the San Jose State game was disappointing. It was a game Wyoming needed to win, um, and it really certainly got the message board and the fans in a spiral downhill. But the larger picture, I'm still focused on the larger picture of this program. Cause I know this is, this program's getting set up for, you know, down the road. Um, Coach Bowl said, you know, five to six years to get, get the program to really at the peak. And we know recruiting's going well. We know there's a lot of talent in the lower classes. Uh, at least the coaching staff's very excited about that. And when you see the freshmen on the, on the field that have played this year and when they can continue to mature as players there's a lot to be excited about uh, in Wyoming football I even though there was the disappointing end of the season but this game really came down to that Boise State game because regardless what happened with Fresno or San Jose State Wyoming was not going to win the division but, you know because th that Boise State game the winner of that game really is the one that played for the Mount West Conference Championship 
uh, tries to make a bowl game two years in a row. That's that's a good, a very good thing for the program, and uh, it will set us up for next year because we got a very high percentage of our players coming back next year, minus probably the quarterback. Yeah, I, I'm uh, generally bullish on it. Um, I am a little worried about the offense uh, lack of production, uh, and uh, I don't know if that was a maturity thing or if, um, you know, I, I, <laughs> I started a big um, uh, discussion on the board there talking about execution versus play calling, and uh, that got to be kind of a hot topic. But my point, my, the point I was trying to make is, is that you know we just we just didn't have the the um, I don't know if it's the skill level or the experience level. It just wasn't there this year, and, and Josh just Josh didn't have the help. And so um, these guys got another year under their belt. So uh, I'm I'm going to assume that it's going to help them. And like you said, there's a lot of guys out in the, the younger classes that um, uh, are waiting for their chance. So um, uh, we're in a lot better position than we were a few years ago. So I agree with you guys. It's it's feeling <laughs> it's feeling a lot better to be bowl eligible than sitting at home and and uh, grumbling about two or three win seasons. So. Uh, but as we get as we get there, you know, there's uh, there's always these there's always drama at the end of the year, and uh, one of those things is um, uh, Coach Hazelton, the um, uh, defensive coordinator. His name's been mentioned in connection with uh, the new coaching staff at Oregon State as a possibility. Have you guys heard anything more about Hazelton? I'll just throw that out in the middle of the floor. The only thing I've heard is the article that was in the Oregon paper reading that I really haven't heard anything outside of that. So it's really hard to speculate really what the situation is. We know the internet has a lot of rumors flying around about a lot of different things. Now this is a newspaper, a legitimate newspaper, but sometimes you don't know what the media. So yes, he had a great year. Um, I wouldn't be surprised to see him back in Wyoming next year though. Well, yeah, I haven't, um, they've been saying on the board that no one saw any movement in the, you know, any more speculation in the papers and stuff. So it would be, it would be kind of tragic to lose him after a year because he did have a dramatic impact uh, on the defense. And uh, uh, I think that we need to see some more uh, continuation of that. Um, yeah. I wanted to add about that, which you just mentioned. Um, there's no question he came and did a good job and had a good structure. But we got to remember, we returned nearly our entire defense. So that maturity of that those players, I think, helped out immensely. And I think it was obviously helped with Hazleton, um, the advantages that he had as a coach. Um, but I, I feel like this transition, I know we're going to be down a quarterback next year, but that we could see that type of transition with the offense next year, at least, at least an uptick in productivity. So. Well, one of the things that I got from uh, just talking to the players and in the interviews that I did, uh, one of the things is that Hazleton kind of simplified the defense. I mean, still at Tampa, too. But he simplified it in a way that I think that the guys could play faster. Uh, it, it may have been a little more co – coverages may have been a little more complicated. There might have been a little more um, uh, confusion uh, the year before because this year they were really on it. So 
whatever he did to simplify the defense for these guys seemed to have uh, been the tonic that they needed. And, uh, you know, they were able to play pretty hard. So, uh, yeah, we need to have him back. <laughs> um, well, and in saying that, Jeff, um, I'd have to say that because of what Hazleton was able to do with all the returners, as Zion pointed out on the defense, that is the biggest factor as to why this team finished over 500. To be one of the top teams in the nation in turnover margin, and so many of those turnovers, especially in conference play, put the offense in position to score points. And this offense struggled to score points from the length of the field, so giving them short situations to get touchdowns and field goals and to be one of the top teams in the nation inside the red zone speaks volumes to to what the coaching staff did with the talent that was available on the team. And, and uh, you know, and, and likewise, I hope with the work Hazleton was able to do with a lot of youngsters on the defense pays off on the offensive side because, you know, we had a lot of freshmen and off, the offensive line didn't give up as many sacks as what we've seen with some pretty poor offenses that had maybe even slightly better yardage per game averages than this offense did. But, you know, this offense did show some signs of life at various times and get a little more experience. Maybe a couple of other quality players are able to step in and you can see an uptick and the defense gets even stronger. I, I think there's a potential for better things to come. Oh, I, I agree, especially along the line. I, um, you know, uh, looking at the injury report, uh, you know, Caden Jackson's going to be out for the bowl game. Uh, offensive tackle, um, uh, Brinkley, Brinkley Jolly, I guess is his name. Um, he's out. Uh, offensive guard, uh, Jace Webb, is out. So, you know, there's three offensive linemen that are out for the bowl game that um, – at least two of those guys will be back next year, I'm hoping. Uh, so uh, uh, there's some experience level there. Uh, we just had problems in the skill position. I mean, at the beginning of the year, the Iowa game, uh, that was just sickening. Uh, he, uh, Josh was hitting those guys in the hands and the chest, and they were just dropping them or not getting there or not, you know, not making, uh, uh, not being able to break out. And then, um, there was that one uh, potential touchdown that was dropped in the end zone. So uh, I felt like uh, the Iowa game, uh, I, I left that game with a kind of a pit in the stomach because I had the feeling that uh, uh, I had the hopes, but I had the feeling that these guys just weren't just weren't up to it uh, as the previous year. I mean, you know, look look at. Um, kind of unfair to compare but tanner gentry you throw it in his you throw it in his zip code and the, the guy would catch it <laughs> i mean he was just amazing uh, and so was hollister so uh, we'll see uh, well, one, one, one thing that was telling at the iowa game um you know that i saw throughout the season is is we would do the you know Somebody on the message board said, you know, the offense is broken down into like four plays. And one of those is, is uh, Josh Allen throws a kind of a slant 
pass to the flat on the side. And if you watch that Iowa game, those Iowa, you know, defenders, they knew exactly where to be. And they were there, you know, they were there at the spot where Josh Allen was throwing to before our receivers were. And we kept doing that throughout the season. And, and, you know, you know, I'm, I'm on the, you know, on the message board, I'm one of those that, you know, I have, you know, some serious doubts about, uh, you know, Brent Vegan as, you know, going forward as a, as an offensive coordinator at the, you know, division one level, because, you know, whoever posted that was absolutely right. We have like four plays and we, and we don't really shy away from it. And then when, you know, the times call for it in the game, you know, you'll see Vegan starts, you know, dialing up some, some slightly different plays or different players and, you know, things will start working and then they go away from it. Mm. And it just drives you absolutely bonkers. Like, you know, watching the San Jose state game, you know, um, you know, we had, you know, our running game, you know, started to get going and then they would go back to, you know, same old, same old. And so, you know, Overstreet had a, had a record night. Yeah. For him, did. Right. And then, and then we just, and then they would, you know, give up on him, and I just can't explain it. I'm just, you know, I'm mystified as you in the sense that I don't understand. I know they have a system, and there's a, there's a, uh, their, their system, uh, and uh, as I understand, a lot of systems in, in throughout football, both in college and in professional, maybe even down to high school, is. Um, the, the coaches will look at um, a play sheet and it's situational based. You know what I'm saying? That um, uh, if you're, you know, first and uh, 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 second and four and you're on the one side of the 50, line, 50 yard line or the other, it'll dictate this play. If you're a little closer, it'll dictate this play. You know what I'm saying? And I'm just wondering if, if, um, uh, Maybe that was part of the problem is that they were too too wedded to this kind of system or whatever kind of uh, plan that they had uh, instead of taking a step back and saying, like you said, wait a minute, uh, uh, he's tearing him up. Let's let's have a little bit more of that. I don't know. I don't know. I, I guess my um, I just don't understand exactly uh, uh, how they break that out. So it, it's hard because, you know, when, when you look at it, teams were constantly putting eight to nine players in the box on us and constantly and maybe disguising it and, and, you know, where the linebackers might appear to drop back a little bit before the snap and then they're right there anyway. But, um, um, it, it just it just seemed like no matter what we were trying to do, they were pretty well prepared for us, and occasionally you'd get that little break in the running game, but otherwise, you know, it was almost exclusively off of right tackle and for two to three yards, and, and if we did throw one wrinkle play in there, 
where the pass was dropped or whatever, then we're in a, a, a three and out situation on, on such a routine basis. And you wonder why um, you, you see the opponent and you see the opponents doing some stuff and we got a pretty stout defense. We're going up against some defenses that are giving up an average of 450 yards a game and we're barely able to eke out over 200 against them. So what is it that was so easy to identify with our offense that we couldn't expose their weaknesses? Because there's something weak about a team that's given up by 450 yards a game, and you can't figure out how to exploit the same weakness everybody else has. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's a uh, that's food for thought there. Uh, I you got me on that one. I don't know, Ian. What do you think? Well, I think uh, you guys uh, covered the bases pretty well. Um, I really don't uh, have a specific answer. I'm not really an X and O's guy. I'm more of a field guy. I watch the game and, you know, the eye test. And um, it uh, confused me a little bit this year why we couldn't be more productive offensively. Um, I think it, it could be a combination of things. Uh, the one thing that gives me encouragement is last year, under the same coaching staff, we were able – to move the ball pretty well and had some big offensive games. So, uh, so they showed the capability to do it. So I'd have to say a big part of it has to be the inexperience of the offense, um, the offensive line, uh, two, two to three freshmen were starting on the offensive line. Maybe the receivers just didn't mature quick enough. They were still a pretty young group. So I think partly it has to be with, with the experience factor, but maybe things need to get mixed up a little bit in terms of play calling and, and some other factors too. And, um, and maybe a couple playmakers need to be added. Um, I would say stick with this offensive line because that entire unit's returning. Uh, give them another year, add a couple pieces to the, the puzzle next year. We got, we got the big kid out of Minnesota who had originally committed to Minnesota could be a good one and of course um a couple of the other freshmen and i think the offensive line can hopefully improve next year well you know one of the things and this was talked about on the board uh last year's offense um a lot of times there'd be breakdowns and josh would make these great you know because of his arm would make these nice or uh, crazy cross field throws and and either Hollister or uh, Gentry were making spectacular catches. And a lot of that, a lot of the success we had, or they had, uh, uh, counted on those kind of big plays in, the, in, the, in critical situations. And we just didn't have that this year. Didn't, we didn't have many um, make-or-break plays like that. And uh, I don't know if that goes back to, to execution, playmaking, and experience. I don't know. It just didn't seem that we just didn't have that as much this year as we did the year before. Yeah, I would probably add one thing. Um, this obviously, this offense is really based on having a strong, dominating run game. I, I do believe that. And the one thing we couldn't do this year is just run the football. Uh, it, we just had struggles running the football. Kellen Overstreet came on at the end of the year a little bit and really started looking like a pretty formidable back uh, towards, especially that last drive against CSU going forward. And I think this offense really needs to have the running game in play. And once that running game could pick up and do a lot of things and be productive, then I, I think that opens up the rest of the offense. But I think this year I would have 
taking some chances and let uh, Josh Allen do some things with his arm and his legs, maybe open him up a little bit more. Well, yeah, they were really, uh, that was one thing you, you, I I don't know if you guys noticed this. Uh, They were really conservative with him at the beginning of the year. And that, and that uh, uh, Iowa game, uh, I don't think uh, Josh had many designed runs. Now he had a one, he had one spectacular play where he slipped out of the grasp of a, a, a out of a linebacker out of a um, uh, offensive lineman and he escaped that and then um, uh, he topped it off with a with a dumb uh, inter- uh, <laughs> interception <laughs> but it was spectac- it was spectacular up to that point his ability to escape but other than that they were really conservative and I don't know you know uh, I was going to say, Jeff, you know, my, my take on, on all this when it comes down to it to even kind of answer the, the assessment I made earlier is that, is that I have to truly believe the coaches, you know, in watching the whole game film and, and the game film will also allow them to watch the specific movements and actions on the plays as the plays are designed of the players that are supposed to run those routes or then what they do to ad lib when you get into basically what you might call a fire situation where the plays broke. So how do you ad lib? And last year we had people that could be huge difference makers and that enabled Josh to do the things that he did. I don't think that you have that talent or I have to believe the coaches would have done something about this coach bulls too successful to not have been able to expose some of those weaknesses in in weak defenses. If he had the guys that could make plays. and what we got to hope is that it was purely a matter of youth and inexperience versus versus maybe you know, we had a little bit of infusion of, and I hate to say this, I, I'm being critical in a way, but, you know, guys are, are good, but they're not difference makers. And um, and there's one thing to be in a difference maker when you're in your high school level, and there's another thing to be in a difference maker at this level. And, you know, and, and hopefully we get a little maturity out of it, or we have some extra reload options waiting in the wings that are ready to step on the field make that difference because uh, I've always told Ian um, that when you go to a game what do you see that gets you absolutely excited about seeing one more birthday and there was a number of situations here without naming anybody's name or anything where it's like I just didn't see that in one position after another after another that's very critical to the higher proficiency of an offense. Well, yeah, that's uh, there was a <laughs> there was something lacking there, that's for sure. And but to be to be fair, if you look back to last year and you look at Tanner Gentry and Hollister and Mahart and don't forget Brian Hill, those guys really peaked last year. I mean, Tanner Gentry, uh, you know, his first couple of years was okay, but, man, he really broke out last year. And and um, Hollister and, and Mulhart, same way. And um, uh, Brian Hill was at the peak of his powers last year. I mean, he really he really broke, broke it loose last year. So uh, 
part of that maturing process. You know, uh, we might see some of these guys from this year have their breakout season next year. I'm hoping. So we'll see. Uh, well, there's there's no better competition or no better practice than than competition, right? So, you know, one of the things that you you know you've mentioned Hollister and Gentry and and Brian Hill to some extent, you know, those guys had a lot of football under their belts before their you know final year, and you know you know the, a lot of a lot of it I. Think, think um that i've seen this year is like receivers not you know when the play breaks down they're not still moving trying to you know create some separation or try to you know you know get open right and and that's one thing you know we've kind of mentioned here that um you know doug kind of mentioned that that you know that those guys have that knack of keeping the play going even if you know, uh, Allen's scrambling, but he's sitting there pointing them out because he can see that they they kept moving to get open. And you know, this year with 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 the offense, I think um, you know at those skill positions, the receivers and the and the tight ends, you know, they're going to get a lot of good of experience out of this year, and that only helps them, you know, uh, going forward. So. It's not all bad, but uh, yeah, it's 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 not where we wanted it to be <laughs> either. <laughs> uh, no, no. Um, uh, well, I think um, is there anything else we're missing from uh, putting this um, season to bed? I mean, uh, anything else? I'm going to lay it out to the floor. There is there anything else we need to say? We need to grab a win on December 22nd to promote the health of Wyoming football ending on a winning note and starting that is a new tradition. Yeah. No more four more three or four game losing streaks to end the season. Not that, you know, and we've had a couple this year, but I would like to see that we have greater success in the month of December. Um, um, you know, in, along with any other lumps we encounter growing up, you know, when you have teams that hit your peaks and lows. And uh, I, I'm just hopeful that this seven and five record is a low to, so to speak, so that we're setting the bar, the bar higher and just promoting more excitement of poke football in each year to come. Well, well said, well said. And on that note, Let's move on to the next item here, and I got a little something for you guys. The potato song. They're brown. They get that way underground. There can't be much to do. So now they have blue ones too. We don't care what they look like. We'll eat them any way they can fit on our plate. Every way we can conjure to eat them. We're delighted and think they're just great. Sometimes we ditch the skin to eat what it's holding in. Sometimes we'd rather please have just the outside with cheese. They have eyes, but they do not have faces. I don't know if their feelings get hurt by just hanging around in dark places where they only can stare at the dirt. Oh, potato, 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 potato. Ah, 
the potato bowl. Just thought you guys would like that. That's Cheryl Wheeler and uh, her potato song. I found that today, and I thought, I got I to gotta play that one. I got to play that one. So we're going to the potato bowl. And when that was announced, there was like an audible among the fan base. <laughs> Anybody disagree with that? I mean, you know, I guess it was our turn in the barrel. We had to go to the potato bowl. And who in the hell has a bowl game in Boise, Idaho in December? I don't know. What do you guys think? Uh, Brand, uh, is that your reaction when we got the potato bowl? That, the Idaho Bowl is like the one bowl that personally I can't attend because it's so close to, you know, the Christmas holiday. And, you know, it's but there's the potential of, of hitting bad weather because I would, I would drive, um, you know, from Denver. But, yeah, it's just, it's like, to me, it was the, it's the worst bowl selection as a fan, um, you know, and, you know, on the message board, I, I kept saying, I would rather take New Mexico Bowl. Yes, we've been there before, but it's an easy drive for the Wyoming, you know, fans, fan base, right? It's just a drive down I-25, and it's a warmer, you know, climate and, uh, you know, good food, or the Arizona Bowl. That would have been that would have been ideal, and uh, my family we were we were hoping for the Arizona Bowl because then all of us could have gone, and it was far enough away from you know the the holiday, so yeah, <laughs> not exactly thrilled. <laughs> well, about, you know, about, uh, potato bowl. It's a bowl game, Alien. Uh, you excited about the potato bowl? Or are you gonna go? Well, I'm not gonna go. Um because of work situations and stuff. Um, I talked to Doug about this quite a bit leading up to the bowl game. We text each other quite a bit. And I agree with Doug. We got to get a victory. I think the focus now has to be on Wyoming ending on a high note, uh, winning the football game, because this is a long-term thing with bowl we got going here. And we want to position ourselves to be a, a better football program, get the fans excited for the future. Um, I'm always big about a, playing a good opponent, playing a named opponent. I know a lot of fans didn't, didn't think we we're going to be up to the task to take on a, a really good football program or one with the name, but I'm one of those guys who like to roll the dice. Uh, we did that several years ago. When we played UCLA and actually beat UCLA in a bowl game and Fresno state was a very formidable team in 2009 when we beat them. So um, the opponents even more important to me than the location of the, of the bowl game. Um, certainly the, the Boise potato bowl was not on top of my list. <laughs> I probably said that about a month ago when we were all discussing this, uh, I thought Arizona, obviously Las Vegas and those bowls would have been more better, but we didn't get there. I would think that the Knicks bowl would have been the Arizona bowl uh, or the bowl that I would have chosen to go to and, and 10 agree with brand the New Mexico bowl, um, would have been a, been a, probably a better choice, but we're going to Boise. We're going to watch the game. We're going to get excited about it. And, um, and get a victory. What about you, Doug? Are you going to go? No, I, I <laughs> about pulled the trigger to go, but I 
just couldn't do it. I figured if I'm going to spend as much money as it would have cost me round trip air to, to Boise from Phoenix for two, and you know, although Boise wouldn't be an overly expensive place, um, I would have been you know three fourths of what I'd had to pay for a week long package in Hawaii, and that would just be for three days in Boise. So, um, <laughs> you know, I, I yeah, I just. I think I got to be honest with you too. Having the doubts about Josh Allen play in the final game of the season, losing to San Jose, finished off any temptations that I had to go and work to a place where the average high temperature is 36, and most of the Boise Bowl Taker games <laughs> I've ever seen have usually been pretty frosty looking. Well, I bought two tickets. And I donated two tickets because I, I I went to Southwest and looked at the you know the machinations I had to do to get from Virginia to Boise, Idaho, and there was only there was no of course there's no uh, nonstop flights between Dulles or from Washington D.C. to Boise. Uh, go figure, uh, but there was very few one-stop flights to. <laughs> From Washington <laughs> to Boise. It was like, go to Minneapolis, then go to Salt Lake City, and then go to Boise. You know, that kind of combination. And then the cost of these things, you know, like it was it was um, $500 one way, so $1,000. <laughs> so I was like, okay, I'm staying home. My, um, my, um, I have a bucket list and uh, going to a, See Wyoming playing a bowl game is on that bucket list, but I hope they keep. I, I, keep, I hope they keep playing well because it, uh, I, I just couldn't go to jo- Boise. I'm sorry, guys. But uh, anyway, we're playing the um, Central Michigan Chippewas, and um, anybody recall what their season record was? Um, they had an eight and four uh, record at end the season on a five game winning streak. I really didn't see anything uh, beating them beating anybody that great uh, during that stretch, but they did still win five games and they beat a pretty solid Northern Illinois game in the season. And Northern Illinois is a team that played San Diego state pretty tough in San Diego. And we know the San Diego Aztecs have a pretty good football team and they also beat Kansas. So um, they got a quarterback uh, that started at Michigan as a strong arm. He's been very efficient um, and he can certainly be a player that uh, can hurt the Cowboys, though we feel good about our defense. Um, so they do have some ability there. They're an 8-4 and four team. I don't believe they're the toughest game we have on our schedule this year, but I also believe that they will be ready to play the bowl game. So. Oh, I, I agree with you there. I mean, uh, we do not have the right – I don't know if that's the right word. Uh, we just can't go around dissing uh, the MAC. Because we've had some MAC teams <laughs> slap Wyoming around uh, every now and then, you know. Uh, and you uh, are correct on that. Wyoming is, is not a position of program. I guarantee a coach Bolt would say this too. It's not a position of program to be stubbing our nose down on anybody right now. Yeah. And mm-hmm. hopefully, you know. And I believe in in, in this program. And Coach Bolt is going to have those guys ready to go. Yeah, I think they will. But uh, they they. I, I think they're kind of a formidable team, formidable. Uh, get my lips wrapped around that word. Uh, 
team. Uh, and like you said, they've got a good um, good quarterback. And um, uh, the, the, the CMU fans are thinking they're just going to um, intercept the hell out of Josh. Uh, I don't think that's going to happen. But uh, I think it's going to be a, a, a close game. And, I, and the pride factor... The pride factor always kicks into these things, or at least they should. So uh, I think that uh, both teams will come out and uh, give it a good effort. Um, uh, what are the um, what are the Las Vegas odds on Josh playing? Anybody know? Does anybody got that bet? That's a prop bet. Um, <laughs> I would say, in my opinion, uh, it's better than 50-50 that he plays. Um, it seems like he's healing up. I don't buy into this premise that he's going not to play so he can save himself for the NFL draft. I don't believe in that premise. Now, if he's not fully healthy, they're not going to put him out on the field and risk him to further injury. But if he's up to close to 100% or 100%, he can play. And I think Coach Bowl and, uh, and Josh has said this on several occasions and even hearing what I hear through the grapevine, he wants to play in that game, and if he's ready to go, he will play play in the bowl game for the Wyoming Cowboys. My thought is, and this is probably way out there, but my thought is we're going to see him in the bowl game. We'll see him for a quarter, <laughs> and then they'll, uh, they'll get him out of there after you know running two or three series and then give it over to Smith and let him finish out the game. Uh, I think that uh, that w- that's the best of both worlds. I get him out there for a little bit, and uh, he, he gets through that. They're going to pull him and and uh, let Smith finish the game. That's my theory. Yeah, yeah. I just don't. I th- again, the premise that everyone's saying out there that he's just you know like I can't risk myself playing in this game because I have this NFL thing going. I I just truly don't believe that's the case. I I I think he wants to play in the game. And um, the only thing holding him back right now is that that arm, you know, you know, it may not be fully healthy, but it seems to be progressing. But I'm sure we'll, we'll know by probably Sunday or Monday whether he plays or not. You know, they say, at least um, uh, uh, Brandon Foster in the Castle Star Tribune says that uh, he was told that uh, Allen's taking most of the snaps in their practices, you know, so. If you're if you're really thinking that that Smith's going to be the guy, you would think that he'd get most of the snaps. Uh, so, you know, from that standpoint, uh, you you got to believe that he's going to play. What about you, Doug? What do you you think we're going to see uh, Josh Allen in the game? Well, seeing some of the same stuff that you just referenced from Brandon, you know, and seeing some other articles, I'm, I'm putting the two and two together and say that my hopes are much more convincing that we might see more of Josh Allen than expected when the season ended, because yes, I, I, you saw the part about the, um, um, taking the snaps, the interesting comment from bowl was that, um, if Josh doesn't appear like he's improving, then that's got to come to an end and you got to get, um, Smith in there taking the reps. And, um, 
Um, so, you know, in going with that preparation, the type of injury that Josh had to do, and I'm not the medical expert, but when you read all about it, it was supposed to take anywhere from a light sprain to a, a heavy duty one, two to six weeks. Well, what are we going to be about bull time? About six weeks. And, and Josh himself has referenced that he's, he needs it to be a hundred percent and he's 90 some percent now. And that was last week when he said that. So if you're not doing stuff to aggravate it, you know, this week's another week and we have another week from um, tomorrow um, before game day. So, uh, and it's been very quiet on who's taking the snaps now. So I have to uh, surmise that Josh is still taking the snaps. And if Josh is still taking the snaps next week, if somebody can verify that, then that tells me that they have full confidence. They're going with Josh primarily, and Nick will be back to the backup just like he had been all season until Josh went down. Yeah, yeah that's all reasonable assumptions. Well, the, the other, ahead, the other factor that I would add is, is that um, – you know, Josh, I guess it was rumored that Josh was going to play him like a senior bowl because he's eligible, even though he's a junior. But, you know, academically, he's a senior, so he could play in the senior bowl. Well, I'm not sure, exactly sure when the senior bowl is, but it's in January. So how much of a difference is it for him to play in the bowl game late December versus the senior bowl? The risk to me either way of re-injury is about the same. And if he's healed, I would think, you know, you know, from what, what I know about Josh Allen and what I know about Craig Bull, you know, they, you know, they say something and they follow through with it. Right. And so, you know, there's, there, there's a, an honesty factor there too. So if, if Josh has been taking the, the bulk of the reps and it turns out that he hasn't, you know, then that's kind of awkward, right? You know, because, you know, whatever, you know, uh, whatever, you know, Coach Bowl and Josh Allen say, you know, we take them for their word. Um, but then if, if uh, you know, he's, uh, you know, taking the, the you know, the snaps, uh, you know, with the first string, you know, offense, then, you know, I, I just, I can't see the scenario where, you know, he just decides to, you know, not play at the last minute. You know, that puts Wyoming in a really bad spot if, if, you know, he's been taking those first string snaps and then you got to throw in Nick Smith. Yeah. That's, you know, that's a disservice to him. So I, I don't know. I just don't, I don't see it you know, quite yet. Well, I, I really believe that Josh Allen uh, wants to play. I think he's a stand-up guy. And uh, he really, he, he mentioned in his press conference that, um, you know, he feels like he owes the, the university something for, for having faith in him. And, you know, it feels, you know, he, he said he feels like he needs to um, uh, pay something back, I guess, or just paraphrasing. I don't know if he said it exactly like that, but that's the way I took it. So, yeah, I, I think that uh, he really will. So if he doesn't play, I'm going to say that uh, uh, 
you're right. He's hurt. He's he's not good enough. Uh, he's not in a good enough shape to to help the team, but it's looking good. So, um, the the game is uh, on the twenty second. That's Friday. Uh, it is uh, scheduled for two p.m. Mountain Daylight Time. Is that right? That is correct. That is correct. Okay. Mountain Daylight Time, 4 p.m. out here on the East Coast. It's going to be on ESPN, right? Main ESPN. That is also correct. All right. So. And that will be the only game shown during that uh, time period. So. All right. So we'll get some attention there. Um, uh, good, good. So uh, I would, uh, I'll be there. Uh, now I won't be there, but I'll be in front of my television watching it um also uh just a a a note here the southeast the southeast uh, denver watch party has been scheduled by the cowboys in colorado jim and est and his guys they're going to be at the tailgate tavern in parker colorado that's on east main street in parker so um pretty easy place i've been there uh, wasn't that the place we had lunch with them that time? I think it, I think it was uh, with uh, Jim, because that's where they have all their watch parties. So if you're in Denver and you've got a chance to get over to Parker, uh, they'll be having a watch party, uh, and they'll be there from 1 p.m. to 6 p.m. after the game. So uh, if you're in that area, uh, go over there. Are you going to go, Brand? Oh, yeah. That's, uh, that's like uh, 10 minutes well, 15 minutes from, from where I live. All right. So not a problem. All right. So, um, well, being an old retired guy, I don't have to worry about bosses or vacations or any of that. I got, got a lot of honeydews and stuff, but I got, that's the only thing I have to worry about. I think my wife will give me some time, (laughs) give me some time to watch that. So I won't have that problem. Um, Ian, any other announcements I'm missing here? Anything else we need to say? Well, I think you nailed the viewing party pretty. I've been to that tailgate uh, area too. That's a, a nice little bar down there. I've been there a few times. Good place to actually watch the game. And there are also going to be some other viewing parties across the country um, in different areas. So if people are in different parts of the country, they can get on the alumni uh, website or even probably the cowboy joe whatever and look that up if they're interested in being part of the viewing party and seeing the cowboys play this uh these bowl games don't they happen once a year and we hopefully will continue to be in them in the future so it's a great opportunity to get together and watch the cowboys play i guess all right uh we've talked about our bowl game let's talk about um some of the other bowl games out there uh doug uh what do you got uh what do you got uh, on the bowl games this year? Well, why don't we just start here? What is everybody's thoughts? Boise State, Oregon in the Vegas Bowl. I'm going to go Oregon because they pounded on us. I don't know if uh, Boise's got it. I'll go with Boise State. They step up in these type of games, play really well. Um I think it'll be a very good game. It might be one of the best bowl games to watch, actually. Yeah, I'll go with Boise State. So, Doug? I'm I'm kind of thinking Oregon. I, I just think they're uh, 
Boise just didn't have the same pizzazz as they've had in the past. And I just think Oregon's going to uh, put a little more offense on them than what Boise's going to stop. All right. We're two and two on that one. What's our next bowl game? Let's, what about Sheep State versus Marshall? Sheep State versus Marshall. You know, um, I haven't checked out Marshall lately, and I'm in there in my part of the country here. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna be a loyalist for the uh, Mountain West and say that uh, the sheep in a close one. I agree with Jeff. Uh, Colorado State. I, I think they had that really bad bowl uh, appearance last year, which made us all happy. But I really think Colorado State is going to step up uh, and win the bowl game. I think that team does have some ability there. So I would think they're going to beat Marshall. I'll, I'll be the dissenter and go with uh, Marshall because I, I don't think uh, Colorado State, you know, has it in them. I think they're going to keep up their, uh, their flop at the bowl game. Good for you, Brand. Way to support. <laughs> no, actually, I think it's great. Hey, and I even went can get there. The so, yeah, okay. I even went to see you, so hey, you know. You have a little bit of that sheep dip smell on you, okay? And uh, <laughs> yeah, that's right. You know, it won't. It doesn't rub off very well. Doesn't rub off very well, Doug. Oh, we lost Doug. Well, Doug left us in the dust here. Um. Well, let's see. Um. What other bowl? San Diego State and I believe Army is another bowl game uh, being played. Oh yeah, that that ought to be a pretty good one because Army's really good offensive. Uh, yeah. So I'm gonna pick uh, I'm gonna pick Army in that one. I think I'm gonna go with San Diego State. I think they they got the athletes to kind of control that uh, option attack of Army. It'll be a good game. Army will play hard, but. The San Diego State Aztecs that came out and did really well in their bowl game last year against Houston. So I think they'll they'll continue that. And Brian? Yeah, I, I, uh, I'm I'm not so sure. Um, I think that's a toss up. If, if anything, I really liked the way Army, you know, uh, stuck in there against Navy. That was a great game. Uh, you know, two years in a row that they beat Navy, and you know. They're they're you know coming back right and uh, you know Navy uh, beat them uh, like 14 years in a row, so um, I I kind of like Army in this one, but uh, I think that's going to be a toss up, honestly. Uh, let's see, uh, I don't have my list of uh, bowl games in front of me. Um, Fresno State and Houston in the Hawaii Bowl. On the Hawaii Bowl, hmm. Houston, eh, they've been fairly good, but you know what? Uh, Fresno's coming on, and I like uh, I like what their coach is doing. Uh, I'm going to go with Fresno in a close one. I'm going to go with Fresno State in a close one myself. Um, I think that's going to be a great game, by the way. And it's also a big game for the Mountain West against the American Athletic Conference because that's our rival league now. Uh, both are trying to become that sixth conference, so to speak. They got the heads up on us this year, getting the big uh, major bowl game with that undefeated uh, Central Florida club. So 
Um, big game for the Mount West. I'm going to go with the Mount West. Probably a little um, biased there because I want to see the Mount West win that game. All right. And Doug, I guess he's still offline. Yeah, I just got a message from Doug. He's fizzled out. He said he apologizes. We're going to have to finish the job here. All right. Well, and what's our last <laughs> bowl game here? Which, what, what's your call? Um, oh, uh, the, the Fresno yeah, Fresno State game. Brand. Yep. Yeah, I, I would, uh, I would pick Fresno State in that one. Um, I think they, you know, from what I've seen of Fresno State, they know how to weather the storm, and so, uh, you know, with whatever, you know, the opposing team brings them. So, um, I like Fresno State in that in that game against Houston. All right. Well, let's uh, look at some of the games here. And um, well, we have one more Mountain West game. Oh, do Jeff. we? Oh, sorry, I'm trying. Yeah, it's New Mexico State and oh. Utah State. That Arizona Bowl. Oh yeah. Okay. And I'm personally gonna because I've picked all Mountain West teams. I look like a bias rat right now, so I'm gonna pick against the Mountain West in that game. New Mexico State hasn't played in a bowl game since 1960. I think they're going to have a lot to play for, and I think they can win that game. Hmm. Hmm. You know, that's pretty good reasoning. I hate to pick against our guys, but, yeah, I think New Mexico State, uh, like you said, they haven't been around for a while. So, yeah, I'm going to go with them. Yeah, I, I would uh, I would say that, you know, New Mexico State's on the upswing, and, you know, they, they I think they hold an edge over – Utah State. All right. Okay. So we got all the, we covered all the um, Mountain West teams, right? That is right. Correct. Okay. Well, all right. Then we'll move on. <laughs> well, on that note, it's time to reach over here and uh, put my tea aside. Get this. Here. Ah, there we go. Let's see. Yeah, there we go. We got it open. Aha. In heaven there is no beer That's why we drink it here And when we're gone from here Yeah, we'll be drinking all the beer I gotta keep it out of Doug's hand, he'll get it all Alright guys, I wanna thank you This officially There it is, I see the beer Uh this officially is the last Cowboy Roundtable for football. Uh, we might try to organize a basketball one, but we'll uh, we'll get back to you on that. So, gentlemen, uh, thanks again. Um, Doug, thank you for joining us this year. Merry Christmas, y'all. Merry Christmas, y'all. Brand, thank you. Merry Christmas. And uh, we'll... Yeah, uh, thanks for having me, and uh, Merry Christmas. Happy Holidays. Same to and Ian, the boss, uh, thank you for helping us uh, put this on. Uh, and we'll be back next year uh, to talk about Cowboy football. Right. Thank you, Jeff, uh, for doing your job. You've done a great job with the podcast, and we'll have some in the future to look forward to. All right. Why don't we take it on out of here? There you have it. Wrapping up the 2017 football season. 
Cowboy Roundtable. I'm your host, Jeff Fry, along with Ian McMacken, the publisher of Go Wild Go. We want to thank Bran LeMaitre and Doug Friesen for joining us. Cowboy Roundtable is a production of Jackalope Ridge Media in cooperation with the Go Wyo Go Pot, Go Wyo Go Message Board. I'm your host, Jeff Fry. All rights reserved.